right. Hey guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. That's right. Apparently, I don't know how to speak today. Uh, No. I'd be be speaking English. Okay. (laughs) Listen, you communicated and that's what language is for. So we, you know, the point was given to the people. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think of that thing from a airplane. Stewardess, I speak jive. I mean, uh, it's just, you know, (laughs) one of the best lines in cinema history. Do you think that movie still holds up? No, I, I watched it a couple years ago. It's uh-uh. I like Dumb. I love that. Naked Gun. Yes. Uh, Angie Tribeca. I love like dumb puns because it's so stupid. And the whole stewardess, the jive thing, like nowadays they would have think pieces on it. Like, yes, is they would. it um, making fun of culture? Yes. That's the whole, the whole yeah. point is that A, to black people it's funny because we're like, they think jive is a real different language yes. like Ebonics. <laughs> But also this old white lady who's from, who's a Brady Bunch or who's the show she was from. And she's like, stewardess, I speak jive. <laughs> that, that's what's so funny about it. It's got yes. layers, one layers, one layers. You're like, jive is not real. But the fact no. that she's so confident that she does. And then it's just gibberish where you watch the scenes with the uh, the uh, black male actors and they're, it's just gibberish. But as an actor, you get it because we've all done that gibberish exercise. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We're, we're yeah, in yeah. acting school. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and you're like, I'm impressed because I'm like, they totally held that, right? Like totally held the whole gibberish thing. Like, <laughs> anyway, it's it's like, it's like, um, okay. uh, what's his name in Snatch? Uh, um, Brad Pitt. Because <laughs> it's all gibberish. You're like, virtually like, you know what? is I don't he remember speaking that another movie. language? Oh my god, that movie's so good! It is so stupid. Okay, I, love I think I dumb fell asleep. Criminals. I do love dumb criminals. Brad Pitt, yeah, is part of this group, and you think Americans were like, "Is that just a, a a English dialect that I don't quite like an English accent? I don't understand. Like, it's from a specific part of England. That's probably what no, I thought. It's gibberish. It's gibberish. He's totally talking were, gibberish. Yeah, no, I saw it like a hundred years ago, like a hundred years yeah. ago. I'm nine hundred years hilarious. old, so that's yeah. how that worked out. Um, I love it. So, but I think I vaguely but, fell asleep, woke up, said, "What's happening?" And they said, "Yeah, it's it's fine." Because I was like, yeah. <laughs> "I don't that am I dreaming? What's happening?" I remember that actually. I I haven't seen that one in a while. I don't know if that one holds up, but it's it's gibberish. And I was like, "Is Brad Pitt just doing gibberish in a movie?" Like, can you imagine? Getting want, paid millions I, of Brad Pitt I know, dollars. Right. I want Brad Pitt <laughs> money to do gibberish. I could do gibberish. If anyone is out there and has millions of dollars, you could give it to me and I will do gibberish for you. Okay. You put it in film. Yeah. Okay. I don't have Note to get it. famous, but I would like we the millions of dollars. Thank you. Yeah, we like we like the money. We yeah. we bring all the money. But uh, Christmas is coming, uh, anyways. You guys. Uh hello. Hello yeah. hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Bring, rain down some money, some cash. Okay. okay. Put it out there in the universe. That's right. That's that? right. Um, so I think let's get started because I know that you actually have a life and have somewhere to be. Um, ah. And uh, <laughs> I believe this week you are first, my dear. So it's who is me? your notorious woman okay. this week? Yes, it, it you. So I... Um, Okay, so I found this woman, you know, the New York Times, we were talking about this. I don't remember when I was talking about this. You know, the the Overlooked series? 
Yes. Yes. So they have, so the New York Times has a bunch of obituaries that should have come out, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Um, but because most of them were, um, what's the word? Women, they didn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. You see what I did there. Um, mm-hmm. So I found some and I went through a bunch and I found, so, you know, be prepared. So I got, this is from the New York Times, but also um, the Jewish Women Archive. That's where I got oh, okay. today. And she's, this Perfect. woman is fascinating to me. Um, and I'm like, is she my people? I don't know. So <laughs> any Jewish woman I find fascinating. I'm like, I bet you were cousins. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're all related. All right, Miriam. Yeah. I thought that was just black people. We all know each other. Oh, no. Jews, too. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they're good. But if they're not good, you're like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. Different line. I them. Different line. <laughs> you understand. I know you understand. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kanye is dead to me. But that's there a whole other story. There you go. Story. He's not a yep. relative. Absolutely no. not a relative. And he's still dead to me. So. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So her name is Regina Jonas. She was uh, born in Berlin on August 3rd, 1902. I should say her name is Regina Sarah Jonas. Um, uh, so she grew up in... All right. So Berlin. Okay. So German names of towns. I'm going to do my very best. Uh Oh, please. Oof. You know you got this. Oh, girl. I've never seen a word like this before. It's very long. Scheunenviertel? Scheunenviertel. All right, you guys. If you are of German descent, I apologize. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a poor, it was a crowded district. Uh, and I think it was a Jewish district. It was near the Berlin's Grand New Synagogue. So her father was Wolf and her mother was Sarah. And she had a brother named Abraham. So when she was 11, her dad died of tuberculosis. And they think that her dad was probably her very first teacher. And from very early on in her childhood, she felt called to be a rabbi. So for those who don't know, old school Judaism does not allow women to be rabbis. Now, now you'll see a lot of, of women rabbis. Um, but at the time, that was absolutely unheard of. Now, you could have women teachers, you could have um, like sages, you know, who, you know, I don't know, wisdom from women, that was fine. But like a rabbi just did not exist. So, um, so I mean, things were starting to change, like ideas were starting to change, which is really fascinating to me that in Berlin in like the 20s and 30s, they were getting progressive. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So there's a, a quote from the New York Times. So it says, during the period when Jonas was born, German Judaism was swept up in an extraordinary period of creative ferment. Germany in the 1800s gave birth to the Jewish Enlightenment and the Reform and Modern Orthodox movements, both of which later became prominent in the United States. And that's me. Okay. So German Jews, (laughs) while still barred from certain positions in German society, were far more integrated and emancipated than most of their European peers. Which is fascinating to me if you think about like the lead up 
to World War II, which is really bad for the Jews, um, that actually they they actually fit in even more than than other parts of Europe. That's crazy. Yeah, shout out to my friend Jenny Azulai who informed me of that many years ago. Okay, Jenny. Yeah. I I didn't know. Listen, Jenny knew. I didn't know. I'm learning. I'm learning now. Um, She was a nice Jewish girl, so she probably was taught by uh, a parent who taught her too much too soon. (laughs) Oh, oh, I was taught too much too soon. I just thought that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually think she might have studied it in college. So I was like, oh, oh okay. so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so because of this period where not only did she fit in into society, but pro- Judaism was progressive, there was a lot of progressive ideas. Um, she was like, you know what? I'm going to be a rabbi. Okay. So she went to a temple that was run by a, some rabbis who were pretty liberal and one of them would meet her weekly to study rabbinic literature since she was a kid um in 1923 she uh passed her abitur which is a german word i'm sure uh which is the final exam of secondary school um and the following year she attended a teacher seminar which allowed her to teach jewish religion in girls schools in berlin then she went to the Academy for the Science of Judaism. It has a German name. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not gonna. Cool, cool. <laughs> so this was a seminary in the 20s. It was liberal, which allowed them to um, admit women. But the women who it went were not planning on becoming rabbis. She was the only one who wanted to be a rabbi. She wanted, and this is fascinating for me, she was she didn't want to change any laws, any rules, nothing. She wanted to find within the text, within Jewish law, within, you know, Jewish history, um, she wanted to use all of her knowledge to back her thesis that women actually did belong in the clergy. So she wasn't trying to change a law. She was trying to reanalyze the original text in order to find the truth that women should be clergy, which I think is badass, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like here's, she, she says this, she says, quote, God planted in our heart skills and a vocation without asking about gender. Therefore, it is the duty of men and women alike to work and create according to the skills given by God. Okay. Does she even know what she's doing right now? I love her. No, she's well, it's just common sense. She's like, it's right here in text. Right. Mm. Right. So her thesis, she did it in 1930. Um, And the question of the, she poses the question, quote, can women serve as rabbis? That was her thesis. She drew on, she, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but she used all kinds of like, what we would say like echt Jewish text, right? Like she went, she went, she dove deep. Now, a copy of this document has been preserved and can be found at the Centrum Judaicum in Berlin. Um, It is, this paper is the first known attempt to find, it's called Halachic, which is um, the legal corpus of Jewish law and observances. Just, it's a, a, so when something is Halachic, it's like 
very, I don't know, very, I don't know, historically sacred, sacred. Yeah, that's that's the word Um, basis for the ordination of women. So essentially, she started the whole idea that that women could be rabbis. Really? Yes. And nobody knew it until very, very recently. Um, So this is when like other sects of Judaism were starting. So the Reform Temple um, would have accepted her because Reform doesn't use halachic basis for things. They're just like, you know what? A rabbi in the second century does not need to tell me what I can do. But she, and that's kind of, you know, maybe like where I might stand on these things, but but it's okay. You'll never meet two Jews who agree on anything. Um, <laughs> you said that. Was, I did not. <laughs> it's a fact, though. It's a fact. Um, and so she wanted to say, no, no, no. I want every sect of Judaism to understand that women could be rabbis. Yes, girl. Because yes. when I, you know, you and I probably agree on this one. When women are denied... Um, levels of power in any structure anywhere not even just religion anywhere right it it allows the men to live their patriarchal wet dream i said it and that is not a wet a, dream <laughs> my lord ew that sounds messy i'm sorry i'm so I sorry resist. it is very messy in so many ways <laughs> um <laughs> And so, yes, break the barriers everywhere. I love her. Does she yep. know? I don't think she knows how good she is. Um, So she makes a brilliant argument. She passes like the rabbi who um, gave her a uh, her thesis, a grade of good, which meant you could be a rabbi. However, he died. And so couldn't ordain her. Now, most of these rabbis, right, were like, we like you, but like, are you going to be a rabbi, rabbi? Like a rabbi with like your boobs and everything? You know, it was very uncomfortable for them. Your lady brain? Lady brains? Can they rabbis? Yes. (laughs) So finally, um, on December 27th, 1935, Rabbi Max Dieneman of Offenbach agreed to do it. And he wrote... She has passed the exam I have given her in religious legal topics. And then he added, I testify to her that she is capable to answer questions of religious law and that she is suitable to serve as a rabbi. So, okay, y'all, ceiling shattered. 2,000 years of no female rabbis. Now, female rabbi. Wow. I know, right? In 1930? Is it still 1930? Yeah, 1930. Okay. 1930. Wow. So, surprise, um, no synagogue would hire her, right? Surprise? Anyone? Ah, there's the rub. Uh-huh. There's the rub. Yep. So, yeah. So, she taught, um, but she also, she joined the Jewish community of Berlin to minister to Jews in hospitals and old age homes, and she also found work in women's prisons. Okay. Um, so 
I'm so Elisa Klapheck, who is also a rabbi, like in modern times, she wrote a book about her called Fräulein Rabbiner Jonas, the story of the first woman rabbi in 2004. And she was able to interview some of her students, which gives us an idea kind of who she was, like what wow. she was like. And they said that she was very modern in her teaching style, that she wrote a Hanukkah play and she mounted a production every year. Did I I tell you that I was the third Hanukkah candle in the fifth grade Hanukkah play? (laughs) No, I bet you were adorable. I was really good. Like, I don't want to brag, but I felt (laughs) so many. I would have been the Shamash but there was one girl who was even smaller than me because I had to pick her up. The shamash is the candle oh. that you light all the other candles with. So they had to like, so, you know. Oh, gotcha. And I was so small, but one person happened to be like that much smaller, whatever. It's fine. I'm not bitter. Okay. <laughs> um, and they describe her oratorical skills and sonorous voice as being very like powerful. Um, they describe her as very pious, very devoted, and very, very serious. Um, some thought, you know what? Some would say that she was eccentric, but I don't think she was like, I will say that, that they said that, but then I'm here to be like, was she eccentric? Cause she was female. Was that her eccentricness or maybe I mean, cause she was good. Oh, um, so unfortunately Germany was Germanying, as we know. Um, and the oh, Nuremberg laws. Yep. We know it's coming. It's very sad. Um, the Nuremberg laws, if you don't know, they were they excluded Jews from German society. So this happened like something, I don't remember the date, but something like 10 years, eight, seven, eight years before the war where Jews were not allowed to go to school. Jews were not allowed to go to many stores or there were hours in which it was, it was you know, it was bad. Um, so a lot of rabbis left, you know, a lot of Jews left. I wish they all did, but here we are. Um, but the, she wouldn't leave. She said, no, my people need me here. Um, so she stayed. And in the spring of 1939, she wrote a rabbinical commentary in a Jewish newspaper that the Nazi persecution was, quote, a trial by fire, testing the strength of our love for children, gratitude, the mutual support of family and friends in these alien conditions. Like, as I'm like, run, girl, run. But like, she didn't listen to me. Um, and in November 1942, she, I mean, she also had a mother that she couldn't, she did not feel comfortable yeah, leaving, yeah, I should yeah, say. Obviously, and yeah, it was yeah. a lot of people had a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. But they were both deported to, okay, the name of the concentration camp is long, Theresienstadt. You know what's sad, Lavetta? I was was in a play when I was in college called I Never Saw Another Butterfly. And it takes place in that concentration camp. And I still can't pronounce it, which, you know, don't tell my director. Um, Theresienstadt, you know. It was in Czechoslovakia. Yeah. So this camp was designed to be a model camp to show other people so that they can make it look like the camps were not so cruel. So in this camp, they had schools for the kids. I mean, it was still cruel. Please don't get me wrong, right? There were literally just like no gas chambers. But um, so she, um, 
she would what and what they did was they used it as a stopping off point uh, to other things. So she would greet arrivals by train. She would counsel them. She would minister to them. She or so you say minister. Rabbinic, rabbinister to them. Do you see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I see what you did there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and unfortunately, she was then deported to Auschwitz and uh, October 12th, 1944, and they believe she died the day she arrived. Um, oh. And what's crazy is that she has, there were male counterparts to who, to, to, to her life that knew her, knew what she did, knew her story, and didn't tell her story. Um, so she, there were documents that made their way to an archive of German Jews where they sat untouched for almost 50 years um, behind the Iron Curtain, right? And it was unearthed by a German religion scholar, Katharina von Kellenbach, after the Berlin Wall fell. And she uncovered her story and published an article in 1994. 1994, that's 50 years later. But now there's a children's book. There's a documentary film. There's an opera about her. She's memorialized at Theresienstadt. I will work on that. Uh, and at Yad Vashem um, and the Jewish Museum in Berlin. So now they they look at her as the first female rabbi. But it was nobody knew this for so long, so long. Um, wow. And that is her story. Oh, and that's amazing. And that's, oh, I'm sorry. Go her ahead, name, I, w- I want to say that also she's memorialized by the Notorious Women podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, Regina Jonas is her name. Regina Jonas. Wow. Like, that's why it's also important to pres- preserve history. Yes. Even recent history. Like, yes. that's not that long ago. Like, what, 60? We're looking at 60, uh, 70 years now. 60, 70. <laughs> Time keeps flying. 70 years. 70 I know, years. Right? 70 years ago. But, like, but 10 years after she perished, people forgot about her like right yeah. like and, and it took it took what what did you say 50 years 50 years to to like actually tell her story and like people just like oh it's not important it's like it's always important it's always so, important it's it's so yeah. it's the most important you know like our our humanity depends on it i feel knowledge is important that's why uh mm-hmm. people who don't want knowledge to get out or uh, should be suspect and you should kick them down a deep dark well but um Lavetta, I digress they're not uh, suspect now they're sus okay they're su- oh. sus I'm sorry Listen. I'm not cool enough to say sus uh, they're sus now I feel like you have to say that with like a a, a surfer accent like they're sus dude they're sus listen when my uh, nine year olds said mom that's sus and I went what I realized that day that I was old and <laughs> no longer could contribute to society. So like, n- everybody's old to a nine-year-old. Okay. It's like, like listen, kid. what did you just listen. say? Sus. And Sal goes yeah. suspect. And I was like, my God, kids today. People and- literally, no, people literally have cars that are older than you that are, uh, they're probably still paying on, uh, depending on where they live in the country. So send it down, kid. Send it down. Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. That's amazing. 
Um, my now one thing about this this podcast we love is that you know Notorious has all kinds of meanings. All it kinds. could be you know for Regina who did something very heroic, uh-huh. uh, and mine mm-hmm. is uh, not so heroic. Um, but it's also tragic in so many ways. So my Notorious woman this week is Brenda Ann Spencer. Does that okay. sound familiar? Wow, I feel like it does, but I don't okay. know it, why. It, oh. It's heartbreaking, the reason why. So, well, Girl, what um, okay. some of my main sources uh, came from the San Diego Police Historical Society website, okay. uh, InsideEdition.com, and various news reports. So, okay. Um, so, Brenda Ann Spencer was born on April 3rd, 1967, in San okay. Diego, California. Okay. Um, now, not a lot is known about her mother, which is very odd, especially during that time. But she apparently lived in poverty with her father, Wallace Spencer, when her parents divorced. So we still don't know what happened to her mother. I don't know if she passed or for whatever reason, she was unable to take care of Brenda. But Brenda lived with her father, Wallace. Um, and she attended uh, school. She sort of... Uh, after what happened, we kind of got, they had to backtrack to get some information on her. But at the time of the incident, she was actually uh, attending Patrick Henry High School, where one oh. instructor remembers her um, asking her if she was awake in class on a regular basis. So she lived in poverty with a single father who uh, was at at the best, just negligent, at the worst, abusive. I'm just going to set that up. So, Oh, God, um, I think I know who we this all went is. To, Okay. Yeah, we all went to school with those kids who came yeah. to school kind of smelly and dirty yeah. and like you just wonder what was going on at, at school, at, at, at home. home. So uh, now she also, during her uh, growing up, she suffered a, a temporal lobe injury, oh. which was uh, revealed uh, during an examination while she was in detention. So she was, you know, she was a uh, a, a, a truant teen, as they would call them mm-hmm. back then. Um and they said that she had fallen off of her bike and that was the reason she got the temporal lobe injury to her head. So the and next time my kids want to know why they have to wear a helmet when they bike, yep. I'll just mention that. Cool. Yeah. So she also was acting out. And again, her father didn't really take her to the hospital after that. He just sort of like, he's again, um, yeah. The Holy worst. crap. So really? She, Yeah. He's just probably like, walk it off. I mean, it is 19, it's probably in, it's 1970. So he's like, walk it off, kid, walk it off. That's what they used to do back then to kids. Um, Cold Now, she, yeah, exactly. Basically, put some ice on it. Um, So she was, she was acting out. She was stealing, like, you know, typical vandalism. She was considered, like I said, a truant, troubled adolescent. So she was sent to, um, she was sent to a uh, detention center, but, Initially, they sent her to a mental hospital for depression after she had a a psychiatric evaluation. Yeah. So she was a teenager and she had been acting out. And it's like you go to detention, you have detention at school. You're going to go to this home. And so uh, but a probation officer in 1978, um, after conducting an evaluation, thought, oh, there's something else going on here. It's not just like a troubled kid acting out. Okay. So this probation officer sent her to a mental hospital to get for depression to get actual help. Okay. And you know, and but the father she was taken out of that after the father refused to give authorization. 
So the probation officer thought there was enough need to send her to a mental hospital to actually get like actual therapy, treatment, proper, probably medical attention. Yeah. And her father said no. So um, because Wallace, her father, is the father of the year, uh. he instead, after this incident in December of 1978, decided to give his daughter a Ruger 10-22 semi-automatic yeah. 22 caliber rifle. This is who I thought you were going to talk about. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Let's do uh, this. Because by all accounts, she liked, she liked guns. She liked actually, <sighs> that was one of the few activities that she and her, she and her father did. They would go hunting. <laughs> So I guess he's like, kid, walk it off. Ain't nothing wrong with you, right? Ain't nothing wrong with you. Just here. Here you go. And this he gave gun her, will solve your problems. It'll okay. solve your problems. And here are uh, 500 rounds of ammo to go along with it. Wow. Now, did they bronze his Father of the Year award or was it Gold LeMay? It was Gold LeMay. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Um, now, so... <sighs> <laughs> You're just so like this. Afterwards, after after what happens, Brenda says, Why do you think your father got you a rifle? And she said, quote, he bought the rifle so I would kill myself, end quote. Jesus. So here is a young woman who a young girl who is probably been, you know, raised in poverty, no sort of um, you know, um uh structure that young children need as they grow up. No, probably not getting uh, proper nutrition. She's just not getting love right. that she needs. She's not, and she's a girl. She's probably, who knows, like how she, when she got her period, like he probably had, had no kind of con, like talk with her. She right? probably went through hell growing up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she, again, she had always kind of been like a, a it kind of makes me think of like a, like a, like a wild child, they, as a, as a little girl, that's cute. She's a tomboy. Da da da. She and again, she and her father actually like guns together, and they would go shooting. They would go hunting or whatever. Again, these people live in San, uh, in the California area, so it's not like they live in like Colorado in the woods. Yeah, okay? like, so I, honestly, like I'm like wondering where they're going hunting, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's places in California, but again, this is not in the middle of the woods. So he gave her this gift in Christmas of 1978. In January of 1979, so the following year, Wait a minute. Um, just how, about a month. How old is she? She is 16 okay. in January. So on January 29th, she okay. was 16 at the time, 1979, she called in uh, sick to high school and she posted herself by her window okay. in her home mm -hmm. and took out the rifle that her father gave her. And proceeded to shoot randomly across the street to the elementary school. Shit. Where children were waiting outside for the principal to open the gates. Oh, my God. So she just gets up. She starts shooting. Like, and at first, one of the reports I was, they were talking to the kids. And the kids said, at first we thought it was like a joke or like, because they're like, yeah. surely no one's like maybe a BB gun or like surely no one's shooting at us. Right. Yeah. And thank God uh, there were some adults there. So they the, the kids have been waiting for the principal and the principal's name was Burton Rag with the W uh, to open the gate. So but once the kids realized that they were shooting, that there was somebody shooting, they started to scamper. And then uh, Principal uh, Burton Rag, along with a custodian by the name of Michael Sucher, uh, Sucher, uh, 
went into action and they started shielding the children. They hid behind uh, uh, like uh, anything that they can find. They shielded both of the, all the children. Thankfully, none of the children were, were um, shot. Thank but God. Both Burton and Michael were killed. Oh, yeah. You know, eight of the children were injured and it could Ugh. have been just scrapes, but like it was, they were not, the, these men were truly heroic yeah and but the shooting lasted about 15 minutes oh my god yeah 15 minutes after 30 rounds so she shot 30 rounds from this gun that her father had given to her for christmas instead of letting her check into a mental institution for troubled teens um obviously they called the cops people freaking out this is 1979 so after the 30 rounds she stopped and then SWAT showed up yeah. and emo- an emergency negotiation team showed up mm-hmm. uh, and she then barricaded herself because again keep in mind they don't know where it's coming from they you thinking gunshot you think it's some madman right they have no idea where it's coming from maybe somebody is hiding in the woods nearby it's they're trying it because there's different houses around so they're trying to figure out like what's going on oh my and once God. they figured out they pinpointed the house it was coming from she barricaded herself inside okay i have a question uh, and then they tried to oh, no go ahead w- where's her daddy where's daddy dearest daddy's not there he's probably at work oh you know yeah, of course. um he no he had gone to work and she said that she wasn't feeling well so again right. this is not a child with a lot of parameters Dope. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds like the kind of thing if he found out that he really didn't care if she went to school, but if he found out she didn't go to school, he'd probably smack her versus being like, why do you go to school? What's going on? You know, are you right. not feeling well? It's it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So they call in the SWAT emergency negotiations and they start to uh, negotiate with her. It lasted for seven hours. Oh, my God. So she finally came out. Brenda finally came out uh, peacefully. Um, And then they went in to search the house. So when officers go in to search the house, they they found a single mattress on the living room floor. No other bed. Oh, wait, what? So she's sleeping on a mattress with her father. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Whiskey bottles cluttered throughout the rooms and throughout the home. Um, but reports say that she didn't appear to be intoxicated. So it's probably from the, from the dad. dad. They, yeah. it was, they had long, uh, assumed that he was an alcoholic. Um, now after the, this, after this incident on January 29th, 1979, it was revealed that she had shot at the school before one year earlier. Perhaps that was the incident that finally took her, that the, um, the detention center officer actually talked to her because she had been in and out of detention for a troubled youth, but it could have been that incident. This is just so bizarre. And so, you know, now we live in an age, unfortunately, that school shootings are very common. Sucks. But in 1979, they were not. And people were just like, what is going on? At least they were horrified So she shot at the school when it was... At least they were horrified. Right. Um, So she had shot at the school before, but when it was empty... She just shot out some uh, windows. Uh, She damaged windows um, and she 
she had also been arrested for like burglary. Maybe she was looking for money because I have a feeling her father didn't really give her money. Probably not. Um, and eventually she was given. So she was on probation when she did this in 1979 versus 1978. Okay. But because of the seriousness of this crime, shooting at actual children and killing two people, Ugh, she was arrested and prosecutors yeah. planned to, tr- uh, to try her as an adult because she was 16. I mean... I, you know what? Fuck her. I'm sorry. Like, I. And it's so odd because when you see her, she looks so like, just like a timid, shy 16 year old with like reddish, like red hair, long hair and these like glasses that were uh, very 1979. Um, Some people say they were serial killer glasses, but she was a 16 year old girl. So with glasses. Listen, I will Um, say like they did not. She was not, they did not do right by her. I hear you. She was, her father probably abused her. Like, shitty, shitty, but like, put the gun down. I just, just like, what the fuck? But also you shot and killed two people. So yeah. like. So like, fuck off. I just. Um, and in the end, she, in the end, she played guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Um, so. Uh, on April 4th, 1980, so the following year, she was sentenced to prison for 25 years. Wow. Um, at the time of this, uh, of now, she is currently at the California Institution for uh, Women in Corona, California. Um, now, Wait, but she's now? moved throughout it. Now. So I'm going to get to that. Okay. So she, she served 25 years. So that would have been uh, 20... No, it'd be 2025, right? 20... No, wait, if this was 1980... Oh, that'd be 2005. You're right, 2005. So she... Yeah. So I'm getting to it. Now, in 19... So she would be um, eligible for parole. Who knows what she... What... How they added stuff in, depending on what her... uh, Her behavior was inside. But um, at the time... She was an actual model prisoner because she was only 16. Yeah. Uh, and That's it's probably crazy. the first time she ever got like steady food and a place to sleep by herself. I mean, um, part of me is like, just put her in the mental institute where she should have gone in the first place. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I'm not like a, I'm not like a fan of jails in general, like the way yeah, our yeah, country yeah. does Especially it. For, it's some bullshit. Um, and so for a 16 year old, she's not going to get better. She's not going to get better. Now, she obviously what happens like once, you know, you're 16, you do this. And then as you get older, you hit 26, 36, you start to realize what you have done. But in 1993, so she would have been uh, 29. Yeah. She claimed that she had been under the influence of PCP and alcohol when she opened fire. So it's kind of like and that she said that the state state and her attorney conspired to hide the drug test results. Uh, but both former prosecutor Charles Patrick and her own attorney, her former attorney, Michael McClinn, vehemently deny that they had any hidden any evidence in the case. Like, I don't think why would they want to hide that? If anything, they'd want to like yeah, that's... present that to like get her some leniency and maybe only 10 years or what have you. But totally. Uh, it just sounds like, you know, not wanting to take full responsibility. I get you were 16, but you also you also knew it was wrong to shoot at people. So yeah. it's not like you're mentally ill and you don't know that. So um, now at a parole hearing in 2001, she claimed that her violence was a result of an abusive uh, home life, including sexual abuse, I which, again, 
I'm, I don't doubt that, actually. Um, I actually the, like the feel like it's like obvious at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, like, allegedly. Come at now, me for this. <laughs> yeah. Now, the parole board chairman, it's like, dude, uh, it's kind of like what we're saying. He expressed doubt at this, but I'm like, it's kind of obvious. One, one mattress and like your father didn't even think enough of you to get you a, your own mattress your on own the floor? cheap ass mattress in the 70s. I know you can find one for 30 bucks somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Not even. Thir- not even. Like, yeah. Yeah. In the um, 70s, the $7. But I think, <laughs> but I think also um, the reason why she was denied, has been denied parole even today is because when you go in there, you have to admit guilt. Yes. Um, she's come up for numerous parole hearings. Um, and in two, in 2022, she was denied and barred for applying for three years. Wow. Uh, now, at that time, um, and I'm sorry, at that time, she was incarcerated at California Institute in Chino. Now, California. I have a question. If she had 25 years in like 1979, why is she still, they just added things, you think? Yeah, usually like- when you, from what I know, from my own um, personal uh, family experience. Uh, <laughs> if you do things inside, you can get stuff added to your. So she must have done um, a lot of things inside. Or it could be you never know. Uh, it's hard to tell because you never know how harshly they run those things. Because, like you said, does incarceration incarceration cure you know reform people or does it just no? It doesn't make them right. I'll so, just say no. I think um, I think we could like solidly say that. Yeah. You know. So she and also then if you're going in there and you're like, oh, this is why this happened versus like I take full responsibility, da da da. Like right. you're not going to get parole. So they just keep sending you back. And then, like I said, in 2022, she was denied. And that was during the pandemic for applying for three years. Um, and so now this incident famously led to a, a hit song. I, I didn't even look up the group because I think it's kind of in poor taste to be inspired by this, that this woman, this young girl killed two people and was trying to kill children. Um, but when asked why she did it, she said, I don't like Mondays. So there's a famous song inspired by that. Yeah. You know, now go on. I just wanted to follow up. I'm almost finished. So like this is one of the most famous early school shootings in America. And now we're known for it throughout the world. Right. After Columbine. But um, almost exactly 10 years later, uh, there was another school shooting at another uh, school, uh, another school named Cleveland Elementary. And this was in Stockton, California. Okay, Five students were killed and 29 were injured. The event was a grim reminder to the survivors of the 1979 shooting. Now, I didn't look this up, but I have a feeling because I I, I seem to remember this with my Black Panther kind of stuff. But California had an open carry uh, policy of guns uh, in the 70s. Yes. So, you know, again, we're not in Colorado. We're not in like where there's like I mean, California does have like rural and like hunting and forest but it's a very big big state but not in stockton california okay yeah all right like it's not um now that school where this shooting happened uh san diego's cleveland elementary school was closed in 1983 so four years later along with a dozen other schools around the city due to declining enrollment 
okay. in the ensuing decades, it was leased to several different charter and private schools. The site currently houses the Magnolia Science Academy, a public charter middle school serving students grades six through nine. Okay. So it's a middle school, uh, whereas before it was an elementary school. So she was shooting at like six, seven, eight year olds. Ugh, sucks. Like she's a dick. Girl. I'll say it. Like I just So that is Brenda Ann Spencer, one of the first wow. um one of the first shooters of a famous school shooting in America in 1979. See y'all, women can be anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, it's also Damn. like, it also reminds me of, again, like it was so new. It was so horrifying. It's, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, did you ever see a documentary? I saw this documentary on like the aspirin scare or like when people were poisoning like medications. Yes. And that's why we have medicaid uh the like lock. medicine bottles yeah yeah we have it or we have it the lock or it's sealed because it used to be you could literally open it and there was just like a cotton thing in there and people yep. could like poison or like people could tamper with stuff and like it's just like we were so naive in a lot of ways like you never thought that you need to add security to certain things and you certainly don't think you need to add security to an elementary school yeah but now you really do it's but really, now, yeah. um, as for you guys who don't know, I'm back in Florida just helping out with some family issues. And I went back to my old high school and, you know, just to see it. It still looks pretty much the same, except yeah, there's fence, fences. Like yep. one thing I loved about my school is that it was very open. Like, yeah. you know, there was kind of like a, a guard at the front, but it wasn't. It's pretty open. Like it, it's because it doesn't when it rains, it doesn't really rain that long. It's, it basically looks like the high school from 90210. Like so it was very open and palm trees and all that other stuff. When I went back, it was so sad. It's like chain link link fence around all of the open spots that we used to have. Yeah. Like where we could just sit out there and just hang out. Everything is locked up. And these kids are literally being locked in. And I, the thing is, is that they don't know the difference. I know the difference because when I went there, it was it was completely open. We had so much freedom, um, and they don't know the difference. Yeah, they have to be locked inside. It's and then so what if sad. they're locked inside with one of their? I didn't even see the the. I'm sure there's like a a, met, a, a metal detector, like yeah. And it's so sad that kids have to live like this, and it never. It doesn't matter matter what part of the city that it's in nope. it could be a rich school it could be yep. a poor school the shoot kids have to worry about being shot listen what what, what 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 pisses me off is that it doesn't have to be like this it right. doesn't it's I unnecessary agree. but we don't yeah. seem to be able to pass common sense laws that stop guns from getting in other people's hands. I mean, like, I'm one of those people, I'm one of those, like, wild, crazy liberals that are like, just, like, burn all the guns. Like, just, like, let them disappear. Just everyone bring your gun to, like, the the bonfire, right? And then no more guns. But, like, right. I guess no one's going to, like, put that on a ballot for me to vote for. Yeah, I mean, listen, I have had the urge to shoot a motherfucker in the face. Uh, I hear Some people need to be shot in the face. Um, but you can punch him. I, yeah, you can punch him. I, uh, I'm a big fan of mace. Uh, mace is good. Mace, there's options. Mace Poison. is good. <laughs> and that's the thing in America, like, for those of you who may be outside of the States and listening to us, like, even most Americans are like, 
yeah, you should not be able to get a gun yeah, without most Americans a background don't. check. Yeah. And if you have any history of mental illness or violence, you should have an even longer waiting period or be denied access to a gun. You should not have you should not be able to go and buy a semi-automatic weapon to hunt. Like, yep. yeah, and also we get people are like, if you, can't, if you can't get them legally, people will get them illegally. So is cocaine legal now because of your theory? <laughs> is that is that because because people do cocaine yeah. and it ain't legal. Listen. OK, now why cocaine in it? Why you got to bring cocaine into know. the gun? Pro- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, wow, you're rather defensive. Way more <laughs> no guns killing way more people than cocaine is. That's right. Okay. And listen, if you die from cocaine, you chose to do cocaine. If I die from a gun, someone else chose to hurt me. That part. You know what I'm saying? Please don't hurt me. Thank you. That part. Like you know. And there's so many gun shootings. Like we just had another one. Some guy just went to a bowling alley or something. Ugh. There's so many that we're just like you're almost numb to it, which is stupid. you're numb to it. And I, I mean, but it's still like children. Like I just, like I, yeah. I, and I'm not even a parent. Like I can only imagine that the, you know, the stress you go under sending your little ones out to denial, a denial, like, denial. Okay, yeah. I yeah, just, yeah. I, I mean, also and, paranoia I mean, and, then and escape paranoia, plans like, wherever you go. You, like Uvalde, like what happened there? Like the kids, it wasn't even from inside the school. It was some asshole that just came there yeah. and just said he wanted, who wants to shoot little children? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Those motherfuckers like, should die. I'll say it. Those motherfuckers should die. wasn't he like die. 21 or like, yeah. and then she didn't even have to leave her house. Like she's just yeah. shooting across the street. She literally lived across the street from the school. So I'm not like mad that, idea, she's not, that she's still in jail. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you. It's interesting when you see her, her uh, different shots of her throughout the years. Like she went in there as like a little kid, like a like a kid. Like she looks like a kid. She looks small when she when her sentence was uh, announced. She didn't really say anything, but her attorney said that she's terrified. Of course, she's terrified because she's sixteen. She has no idea. Um, And then you see her go into adulthood and then middle age now. Like, but she. She killed two people, yeah. you know, and that's I always find it like really young killers terrifying because yeah. they don't quite know what they're doing. I mean, your frontal know. lobe doesn't like fully form for a while, but like, you know, enough like we've all been 16, right? Well, you know enough that if you shoot, if you've used this gun to shoot squirrel, squirrels, you know what it does to the squirrels. So it's going to do something similar to adults. Mm-hmm. And then once you shot one person. You keep going. And You're then you shot going. another person. You're going and to you, keep going. You, you shot 30 times, 30 rounds. Yeah. So what happened to her father? Do we know? No. He, I mean, he obviously had some remorse. Uh, he was upset. <laughs> yeah, better. Uh, when she was, but it's just like, no, he went on and died. I can only imagine he's no fucking help. Like. No, he's no fucking up at he, all. He, people like that are even worse in a crisis. When you really need them to show up for you, those motherfuckers are Listen. worse. They get worse. And you're just like, I'm glad I'm in here and not behind and not live, having to live with you. Like, I could, I could just only imagine. I'm fascinated yeah. by, like, the nature of, like, her relationship with her fa- her father throughout the years. Like, 
did he go through like, oh, kiddo, I'm sorry you're in here, like, because I gave you the fucking gun, even though I should have just well, let you I go think to he the should be arrested also. Like, well, there's that. Arrest I mean, his ass. Because if he had let her go to the home, there's none this of this would have happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not to take you know responsibility why? away from Do her actions, know- but she was 16. Let me tell you why he didn't want her to go to the home. Because he didn't want why? them to find out what he was doing to her. That's why he didn't want her to go to the home. Yep. So he that needs part. to be arrested and his penis cut off. I don't think I'm exaggerating I, a thing. No. I, I wonder what happened to her mom and like other family members like yeah, right? or like teachers. Can you imagine if you're a teacher and you find out Ugh. like, I mean, because right? you know, even if it's a troubled kid, you're like, yeah, that kid's like stole something. But shooting children? That's not. That's a whole nother can of worms. So I, but that is Brenda Ann Spencer, one of the uh, notorious, um, one of the early notorious American school shooters. Damn, Lavetta, what a day! Elementary school. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Your lady's okay. like, I'm trying to like save people and comfort people in a concentration <laughs> camp, and mine's like, I'm trying to shoot six year olds. From my window. I'm sorry. Uh, we bring the variety of humanity to the people. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, I guess on that note, we are going to wrap it up for another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Guys, remember to follow us on all the things. Um, also, please give us a five star review in the Apple Store if you can. Um, also, if you want to help us, give us a little cash, support the show, because cash, Christmas coming up. Christmas Listen, coming. I'm a need. <laughs> I'm a need. I'm a need. See, you say I go into the jive. Oh, do I'm you speak need. jive too? I speak well, jive. That's funny. <laughs> I've studied it in college. <laughs> you studied jive. How many levels of jive did you study? I'm I'm just finishing level one now, but I think I'm ready for level two. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I use the so whitest I, voice I can possibly find. I hope I, you I enjoyed know. it. <laughs> I always go. I always go to fake British. I speak jive. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. But right. I'm a need for emphasis. This is how us Southern people do it. We always mispronounce things for emphasis. I'm a need at least, at least $10 in my chocolate fund for the holidays. Oh, I'm a yeah, need. she does. This is facts. I'm a need this to get through yeah. visiting family and also being in Florida. I'm a need to, yeah, no, I don't I think, drink. No. Nope. So it's got to be chocolate to help me it's got to be chocolate and y'all so. maybe $15 for her because we need maybe some like lint you know what I'm saying some good diva oh the good you stuff the good stuff the good stuff you know I'm fancy you fancy you fancy listen you know I'm fancy uh, okay <laughs> like, <laughs> but all joking aside if you want to support the show you can do that at, at our Patreon at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash notorious women and Miriam where else can they find us and give us a shout out. Show us some love. You can come to Instagram. Uh, it's so easy. It's Notorious Women Podcast. Please find us there. We're fun. I like the memes. They're fun. But like the fun memes. The ones where you can like repost it and be like, this is why 
We need feminism. God damn it. You know those ones that make you feel better? Just like, okay, I got that off my chest. I can move on. Um, uh, also TikTok. Also TikTok. 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 I, 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 I can't afford that song. Tickety talk. Because um, I have to say it like an old southern lady. Tickety talk. Tickety talk. Is that good? Is that good? Yeah. Is that old and no, southern? Um, no, I know. I apologize. Um, <laughs> you have to always do foghorn leghorn. I done told you. I, I say, I say, boy, I, boy, I say. Boy, I, I say, say, I say. Tickety talk. I say, I say. <laughs> All right. That was, that was really bad. That was worse, I think. Um, <laughs> and that. Also is Notorious Women Podcast on TikTok. Um, and you can email us at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com with any thoughts or ideas or questions. And yeah, that or is Notorious that. Ladies that you want to yes. recommend. Yeah, yes. Right? Um, yeah. So we welcome that. You can also DM, DM us, but only is you, if, if you're sexy and if you're mm. not dumb. Uh, yeah, no dumb. No dumb. If, if you think the world is flat, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a good, uh, or if it occurs to you that maybe it's flat because you saw a meme somewhere, don't. No, she's not interested. It's okay. No, we we gonna clown you. I, I might have to clown you with the the foghorn leghorn accent. I say, I say, boy, don't do this. Uh, but. <laughs> It's all in fun. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, Thank you so much again for following us and supporting us and downloading us. And Uh, hey, and oh, if my math is correct, is it Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. while you're listening to this podcast? No, we have one more week. It's the following week, I think. Listen, I think think I'm wrong. So happy like Thanksgiving (laughs) era. Okay, we're like Taylor Swift here, but Thanksgiving. Okay. Happy pre-Thanksgiving, Eris. Is it Eris? How do you say it? Eris? Eris. I don't know. I don't don't know. Go Tay-Tay. She's getting people out to register people to vote. That's what I'm talking about, girl. She's great. Also, I went to the movie version of her concert. It was so fun. Anyways. Oh, yeah. We love Tay-Tay. So, all right, guys. We will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.